of them or whatever there is. But I'm also speaking to you. And uh, so that we always have the, the big picture. Say big picture. Big picture. We all need to know the big picture. You don't like, well, what, where am I today? Well, your feelings will affect your today. Your, your, uh, your situation will affect your today. And it'll stop you from fulfilling the big picture. But if you know the big picture, if you know where, where this is heading, then it doesn't matter if there's a pothole. It doesn't matter if someone stopped and had a fit and didn't do right or whatever. It doesn't matter if you know where you're going and what you're called to do when you get there or, and as you're going. The, the big picture means everything. I love the big picture because it takes, it takes the, the temporal out of the way. It takes today out of the way. Well, they, they hurt my feelings. Well, we don't care. They'll, they'll come back and try to do it again tomorrow and somebody else will add on. It doesn't matter because we know who we are and we know what we're going to do and where we're going. So it doesn't matter. The big picture. So here I am. Uh, I'm going to read this and I'm going to I'm speaking to the online visitors whom we love. I was an online visitor Wednesday night. Me and Deborah Ann, we watched the whole thing. As online services become more convenient it is important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters so much. Could I have a better amen? Amen. All the reasons people stayed home for an initial season have either never been proven or have been taken completely out of the way. There is healing at River Church. Our corporate faith has inoculated this place in such a way that if anybody came in with a contagion, they could be healed and delivered of it. They would always leave better than they came. Also, this congregation is without fear. The attendance to each and all services, listen, every week since the pandemic was announced years ago, has witnessed every member in every service every time without exception. And that is the truth. We trust God and his word to keep us. He has and he, and he will. Online was designed for members to stay in sync when out of pocket or out of town. It is also very useful for anyone wanting to observe the doctrine and operation of River Church. We welcome each seeker to join us by streaming our live services, accessing our service archives, or to go through our extensive topical learning library, teaching library, until you are comfortable enough to step in with us. But always know you cannot serve from your sofa. You cannot experience the community of faith from your easy chair. And you cannot be immersed in the full power of believers worshiping together as a family on your laptop. Romans 1, 10 through 12, New Living says, One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come to see you at last. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, Paul said, I want to encourage you in your faith but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Christians are not consumers. We are contributors. We don't watch, we engage. We give, we sacrifice, we encourage. We lay hands on the hurting so they may recover. We do all of life together. We are not the world, we are the church. We are not afraid of what scares, disrupts, and scatters each of them in their one and only life. Jesus said that he would return for a glorious church. We are preparing ourselves and having a wonderful life in the doing of it. At River Church, 
we have put on the Lord Jesus. The church needs you and you need the church. Make this faith transaction in your life. So we speak to you online. You ought to come to church. It's better at church. We're glad you're in, but we're, it's better at church. Amen. Amen. So we got that done. Hallelujah. So now turn in your Bible with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. I like the word of the Lord that Melissa delivered several weeks ago that said, grab hold. Don't let go. Things are accelerating. That, that, if, if the Lord boomed that through the speakers or boomed that in the room and we go, what was that? Or, well, I thought it was thunder. No, he said something. He said, grab hold. Don't let go. Things are accelerating. We would say that was the word of the Lord. And we would say, I'm going to do whatever the word of the Lord says to do. I'm going to do that. If I don't do what you say or if I don't do what they say, I'm going to do what he says. And he says, I believe he says, grab hold. Don't let go. Things are accelerating. So family, giddy up. Giddy up. If you have an unction in this service, you won't bother us if you run around the room. You won't bother us if you hallelujah, if you shout amen. If you stand up and act like a wild woman, we're going to say, let's get in with that wild woman. We're looking for a spark. I'm, I'm looking every service to have a move of God at River Church. Every service, I'm looking for a move of God. Whatever that looks like. The word is a move of God. So we're not discounting it and saying, well, we didn't have no move of God this morning. Well, we're preaching with the anointing and the grace of God that changes lives. These, these are deep-seated messages. They are not for the lost and lonely. They're for the mature. But the truth is, the truth is, the pattern in the Bible and the pattern that works is that we, the saints, come in and are equipped for the work of the ministry. And then we go out and share. We go out and say, do you know my Jesus? Let me pray for you. And you lead them through the sinner's prayer and they get born again. And you say, I'll be back next week. And we'll talk about this or whatever you do. That's how it works. And then we, we, we have a, a system of river teams. River teams is for a lot of people that you probably would have in your beginning days would have enjoyed. But you, you, you get you a partner. You say, listen, I, I know you've had troubles with God. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe, maybe something happened and you're mad at God. Let's go to a home. Just you and me. I'll pick you up, girl. I'll pick you up. I'll take you to dinner after it's over or whatever. You make it your mission field. We have this chart up here, but let's me, let me put your name and your picture up there. You're our missionaries. And you go find somebody that's lonely because they're everywhere, that's needy. They're all over, that's distraught with God and doesn't understand. And the church hurt their feelings. Some pastor, some deacon, some elder, some... Some Christian hurt their feelings. Well, I don't have to put up with that anymore. I'll just stay home. Well, how's that working out for you? Well, that's not what we do. So we bring them, we measure them and say, ah, they may not be ready for River Church. They are, but you may not think they are. Everyone can handle the word. 
There's big churches everywhere like Rodney Herod Brown that are preaching the scalding word of God. And they just can't get in the door. They have to come early. So that's not true. But if you think that's true, well, we're going to give you that difference. Bring them to River Teams. We've set up a system where you can't fail. You can't say, well, you know, River Church, it's hard. It's hard to bring people. We've got so many ways to poke them in. Bring them to valor. Bring them to virtue. People like home groups or, or life groups or whatever. It doesn't matter what the subject is. They get to be there and get to touch one another and listen to one another. And it's not just some man up at the front yelling at them. <laughs> Turn your burn. <laughs> so you understand the system. So then, then they say, I like this. I like knowing who I am in Christ Jesus at the river team. And that's what it is. That's all it is, is you find out who you are in Christ Jesus. We, we start, if you're not born again, well, that's going to happen. But as soon as you're born again, you say, well, what happened? Well, I prayed a prayer. What happened? Well, you're going to heaven. Okay, I'm good. No, so much more happened because heaven's going to be a few days. Let's live a victory life now between now and then. Let's get your bills paid. Let's get your body healed. Let's get your, your son-in-law straightened out. At least get you straightened out so he doesn't get you unstraightened or whatever. We, we deal with their life. We deal with their life. And if someone's car break down in the church and you hear about it, you say, hey, honey, let me come by and get you and take you to work. Wouldn't that be what you wanted? That's what we expect. And so Christians sit around and say, well, nobody does nothing for nobody. Yes, we do. We can and we do. We will. So that's who we are. And then, then when they're brave enough, like the first time Miss Jane came, she had to face that big white door out there with a sign that said, there, this way. And she opened that door and doggone it, there wasn't a hall with no doors open. And she had to open this door. And then there she was at the front of the church. Who wants to go to a church where you walk in at the front of the church? It's, it's just totally... Intimidating, yeah, to come to River Church. They, they need, but they need it. But once you say, hey, this is, come go with me. And you lock arms and you say, come in here. We turn left here and we, we go back. We got a seat right back here on the third row from that. I, it just, it totally changes everything. You want a supernatural testimony? Just bring somebody to church. Just make them their own, your own. You go, well, my children, don't, they live in Tampa. They live in Ocala or wherever they live. Well, you got children right here. Go find you somebody at work and say, can I come get you? It's safe. I preached real good and hadn't even got started, Lynn. Well, I want to tell you this morning, I've got lots going on this morning. It's already later than it's ever been. But I care less than I've ever cared, so it's... <laughs> Let me just tell you what I came up with last night while I was tic-tacking this out. I have come this morning. Michael Billings has come to feed the saints. I have come to provoke you to love and good works. I've come to present the truth to set the captives free. I've come to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. I've come to comfort ourselves together. That's what the word says. I've come to resist the devil who always flees. I've come to cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. 
I've to come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. I've come to administrate this service. I am the service administrator. Right now, I am the service administrator. Talks about it in Corinthians. I've come here to maximize a move of God. That's what I've come to do this morning. If you say, well, he's just the preacher. He goes up there and he yaks a while and we go home and say, what, what did he preach about? I don't know, but it was good or whatever. We, we don't have that here. Life changing. This, this two hours that you take out of your 164, 68 hours we have a week is, is arguably the most important two hours of your life. It's when you bring your tithe and your offering to the Lord and you release your faith. You open your mouth and say, I believe I receive a harvest. Seed again to sow and bread again to eat. I believe I, I am losing my hurts and my, uh, hard, my hurt feelings and my whatever towards people. And I'm forgiving others. We, we need to forgive people. But you can't get that just going up to them because they're liable to say something that hurts you worse. So we forgive them before we get there. And that way, what they say doesn't matter. And you get that in this atmosphere, this atmosphere of acceptance. You get that in this atmosphere of promotion and increase of God loves me. Bless God. And he's for me and he's got stuff and he's given me his stuff and I'm going to have his stuff. It's just amazing. The church properly set up and properly formed and properly activated is the most amazing thing in your life after the family. The family is the most important thing, but wow, we're up there. You can mess it up. You can mess up a family. You know anybody that's messed up their family, even though it was activated and put in, instituted to be amazing, but they've messed it up. They've messed up church. But I'm not that man. I'm not, you're not that church. We, we're not messed up. We're moving, we're pressing toward the mark of the high calling. We're pressing, we're pressing, I'm pressing. I, all the time I see things I can do better and you go, well, why didn't you do that better last time or last month or whatever? I don't know, but I'm going to do it now. Second Corinthians four. I am talking this morning about the I am essential and what that means, where we're going with that. Second Corinthians four. What that means is, is we are finding out who we are. You go, well, what about river teams? Isn't that what they're doing? Uh, this subject is the whole gospel. There's nothing else to know. There's Christ in me, the hope of glory is the message, the revelation, the mystery that was hidden. And Paul said, now it's, it's ready to be revealed. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Him in me has changed everything. I still got a Frankel right here and I still got a, a, a gimpy earlobe over here, but everything else, it changed at the new birth. And the only thing missing is me knowing about it and believing it. But once I know about it and believe it, everything changes. And even the frinkle in the gimpy ear might change. Second Corinthians chapter four. I'm still there. I'm still moving there. We're having some powerful services on Sunday morning. The Lord is moving among us. I hope you're taking note. I hope you're not just saying, yeah, 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 went to church, went to church. That's, that's, what, that's what natural man does. But that's, not, that's what a man without a vision, a woman without a purpose does. 
They just click it off. And then if something comes up, oh, my daughter called and said, let's go shopping on Sunday. So I said yes to her because after all, after all, no, we're not those people anymore. We say, honey, I'll meet you at two o'clock. If you want to, I'll buy you lunch if you'll go to church with me or something like that. This is the time. I'm telling you, he may be here by the weekend. And you can only tally up and put a, a line under it and sum up what you did till he comes. After that, it's like nothing counts. So Joe Moore says it's a hustle theology. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled of what happened yesterday. It just thrilled my life. It's like, oh, that happens all the time. No, it doesn't. Uh, and he was Muslim. He wasn't just, uh, you know, uh, anyway. It says in verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. We love this verse. I hope you have a little star there by it. It says, we having the same spirit of faith. Let's say it together. We having the same spirit of faith. Then it says, according as is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Let's pick up together. We also believe and therefore speak. Say it again. We also believe and therefore speak. The operative word there is the therefore. You believe and therefore your believing speaks. And we've had confession wrong. We've said, well, we'll just confess and that'll be the same as if we believed or if we didn't believe. It's just like a water baptism. Water baptism does not save you. You ought to get water baptized. It's a declaration. It's, a, it's an alignment with righteousness. It's a declaration of identity. But um, if you're on your way to the big pool and, and, and you go to heaven, you'll go to heaven. But it's the same thing here. You can confess whatever's in your head and whatever that's in the book and read it, but it doesn't mean that you believed. The believing is down here. It's down here. All sorts of stuff's going on up here. And you wouldn't confess to half of it. You wouldn't tell, come over here and let me tell you what I've been thinking about for the last two days. No, you wouldn't do that. You, you know. But you, you say, well, what, what, what do you believe? We know exactly, listen to me. I know exactly what every one of you believes. Oh, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. No, I just listened to you. Because you spoke what you believed. Didn't we? I believed and therefore have I spoken. So the key is not the speaking. The speaking is automatically. It's like in your car. Turn it on and then you take the handle and you move it down to D. What happens? Nothing. But if you put your foot off the brake... You're in the garage if you're in front of the garage. Hope the door was open. If you believe, you've put it in D, and it automatically will go. It will automatically go. You will have what you need, everything the Word says, all the promises, if you will believe. Well, how do you believe? Well, you've got you to gotta give yourself to the things that make you believe. The Word says in Romans 10, it says, uh, uh, faith cometh. Or faith arises, actually, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So word, uh, Bible faith comes from Bible words, hearing Bible words. That's why when we read the Bible, we try to speak the Bible. Because thinking does, is not in the process. 
Now, if you think about something long enough, then you will eventually speak it. And when you speak it, that's when it comes. And we say this, I say it all the time, whatever you're meditating, whatever you're thinking about is coming because eventually you will speak what you're thinking about, good or bad or indifferent. You'll speak it. And once you speak it with a conviction, with a, an assurance, once you speak whatever you believe, that's what's coming. You will create it. The Job 3.25 says, the thing I feared most has come upon me. There was some speaking going on. And if you read the chapter before, you realize that he was. So everybody knows what you're believing. Everyone that's spiritual knows what you're believing. You can fake it among the unbeliever. You can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this and I got that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You can then they won't know. But you can hear faith. You can hear it. It, ha it has a it has a re re resilience. It has a conviction in it. It has a unmovableness in it. Said by stripes, I am healed. You know that like oh, by stripes, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. You, you, you know and it doesn't have to be that much of a difference. You, if you listen, you can hear faith because you can hear faith in your own voice. And so if you, if you think you're in faith, be sure and don't get on the edge of the tall building saying I'm going to jump because I'm in faith if you're not sure. So we, we can listen to our own faith. And when we're chattering and talking and on the phone and listening to this and talking to that, you'll hear things come out. Well, how, how's, that, how's that thing going with you? Well, it's better. Well, you can't say it's better if you're healed. You, do you get that? Yes. I mean, it is better. It's the truth. Well, I might not, not ought to go there, but, but there's a conviction that it's done. It's finished. It's over. It's, it's complete. It's out of the way, and nothing needs to happen for it to change. Like, well, when the Lord touches me or when, when I get hands laid on me, then this will happen. Well, yay, it will, but you had not got it yet. You've pushed it off to the future, but faith is now. Faith is right now. So you only have, you only have what you have now. You don't have a someday. Well, I'm going to, you know, all those people, all those preachers know about, all those people that say, someday when my deals all come through, I'm... Preacher, I'm going to bring you a big check. It's the funniest joke you ever heard. All of us laugh. All us preachers laugh at that. The other joke we laugh at is when they come up and say, you are like John Osteen. Had a man in Seminole, a woman in Seminole actually said, you are like John Osteen. We will never leave. Never saw him again. <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our preacher jokes. Now you know everything I know. Hallelujah. So, but why would you want to fake your faith? When you can get your faith easier than you can fake it. Oh, it's work though to meditate the word. Well, what are you meditating? What are you thinking about? Well, whatever that is, if it's not faith, it's, it's trash talk. Y'all know what trash talk is. It's when they turn the microphone up too high among athletes and other people. It's like, oh, we shouldn't have heard that. Or if you can read coach's lips. Yeah. 
It's trash talk. Well, we know that's trash talk. Well, trash talk for you and me is not naughty words. Trash talk for you and me is, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this. Matthew 13. Don't know how far we're going to get along today. Just depends on you, how you draw. I'm putting it on you, hallelujah. But I got some good stuff. And I, if the Lord tarries, I'll be back. Me and Arnold will be back. Chapter 13, verse 44. Look what the Lord Jesus himself said. He said again. So he's been talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like. So he's breaking it down because we've never been to heaven. We've never had a demo or a video or anything about heaven. So he breaks it down and says, well, if you can understand the things that you have seen and heard and known, then you can understand the kingdom because it's so simple. Like Melissa said, seed, time and harvest. That's the kingdom of heaven. Well, does it work for this? It's the kingdom of heaven. It works for anybody, the Jews, everybody. It works. Bill Gates. Who knows what's going on in that man's head? But it doesn't matter if he seeds, he'll he'll harvest. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. So uh, he, the Lord Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. <laughs> I love this verse. It means so much to me. It's like the, unto a treasure hid in a field and the which when a man hath found. So he was looking or he was observant. He hideth. He found it and he grabbed it and he hid it. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. So he hid it in the field, didn't he? He found it, but he hid it in the field and said, that field's worth more to me than it is to anybody. Now, just personally, it doesn't matter. I don't know why you'd want to know. I, I don't think you would, but this is the scripture the Lord gave me about Deborah Ann. A treasure. She was a treasure hidden in the field, and I went and sold all I had, and I gave up everything and took a lot of flack over it, but flack's everywhere. You don't have to be naughty or good to get flack. Flack's just out there. The, uh, and then verse 45, again, again, didn't get that? Get this. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, has a particular target who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's talking about heaven. That's talking about your life, laying down your life for the kingdom, for Jesus. You make Jesus the Lord. You, 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 you find the good news. You find Jesus. You find the new birth. You find life and life to the full. You find it. You, you discover it. it, it and, and, and you go and... And you, everything that would encumber you or hinder you from having that in your life, you go and sell all that so you can have just that, just the field, just for the pearl, just for the treasure. It's, it's that picture. Well, if you don't think it's that much of a treasure, I got six of these at home. I don't care if I buy this field or not. No, you don't. But that's what the world says. You Christians, you churches, you're all alike. You do this and you don't care about that. 
and, and they're, they're true. I wouldn't go to most of the churches. Enough of that. So the truth is, the kingdom of heaven is, is you cannot have the kingdom. You cannot have success until you identify totally with the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. He is the king. The king is the head of the kingdom. So if you want the kingdom, you have to, you have to pay obeisance. You have to, you have to want and pursue the king. He's not going to say, yeah, take my kingdom off, but I, I'm over here and I don't care. He does. It's his kingdom. It was bought with a price. And uh, if you want his kingdom, you have to sell the world. You have to sell the world. And we're all in that process. Would I be right in saying that? We're all in the process of figuring out what is the world that can't be taken into the kingdom of heaven and what is, what's valuable, what's good. We're all chopping off and adding to. But that is the truth. The kingdom of heaven is summed up. However you get there, the, narrow is, the way is narrow. Broad is the way to destruction, but the way for him is narrow. You've got to make him king. You've got to go and sell all that you have and buy that field. Well, this is that field. This is the kingdom. We're going to leave here in just a little bit. Well, maybe a while. And we're going to go out in the world. And, and the things that you pondered this morning or that you allowed to be planted in you this morning, or those things that you built your life around this morning, just some thought, some, some little thing that was said or that you heard that wasn't even spoken. That happens all the time. Uh, you'll, you'll go, I'm changed. I'm going to go sell something else and buy more into the kingdom, buy more into that field, buy more into Jesus, buy more into being bought with a price and not my own. And it changes us. Week after week, it changes us. And then you read your Bible and the Lord says, looky this, changes that. And then we pray and the Lord drops stuff down. Doesn't he drop stuff down when you pray? Better than any other time. I know there's the shower experience and we all have been glad for that. Plus, we all appreciate you having that experience. But you can't have success with that identifying with Jesus. So the, the, the word says it in several ways. One time he said, uh, he said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go bury my father. Well, his father wasn't dead. He said, let the dead bury the dead. What have I got to do with you? He said, he said, no man having put his hand to the plow and look at back. What did he say? What did he say? It's fit for the kingdom. You put your hand to it. Don't look back, Lot's wife. Lot, by the way, Lot's wife didn't just, you know, wanted to see the fire. She had a longing for that, a regret, a mad at Lot. I had just got my collection finished in the china set at the grocery store. And, and here we are. I didn't get to bring that. Yeah, that sort of thing. And uh, then the story of the ten lepers, where the Lord Jesus himself said, himself said where are the nine? No doubt there's been a lot of nines out there that got the rich things of God. I can tell you, Joe Morris tells about it. I sit down with him and he said, oh, yeah, had a woman that was blind and now she sees from being in one of my meetings and didn't hear anything from her. Went back to that church two years later and she said, remember me? No, darling. 
Well, you prayed for me and my sight came. Jesus healed me. Oh, that would have been handy for the newsletter if you had mentioned that, that it happened in the meeting because we didn't know. People are not thankful. If you want to go further faster in the kingdom, be grateful for everything that he does for you. He's willing. He's already put it out there and said you can have it all. But he, he likes gratitude because it, here's what happens. It enlarges your capacity for more. When you are not grateful for what you got, when you're not exuberant and even given testimonies, if you're not exuberant and you go, oh, well, I don't want to share that. Well, you, you, you deny that to us who are encouraged by what happened in your life. It, it encourages us to go out and do likewise. But it, it closes down your capacity. If you don't say it, if you don't release it, the goodness of God, then the goodness of God cannot come into you in the same measure that he desires. You got to go around telling everybody, I just want you to know I'm born again. I'm a child of God. You go, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. Because they don't know anybody that was willing to say that. They don't know anybody. Everybody's like, yeah, I go to church when I can, if I want to. If my wife wakes up. I wrote down here, a man will not extend his life, his energy, his dreams, his fortunes, or his reputation to anything that he's first not willing to commit his mouth. If you are unwilling to say it, I'm healed, then you cannot have it. You go, that's a little harsh. It is, it is the rules of the road. Now, the Lord, he could have, when he set up the rules of the kingdom, he could have done anything. It was his to do. He was the masterpiece. He could have wrote it any way he wanted to. But once he wrote it down, that's the way it is. It's not like, well, let's, let's go through a re-edit. Let's have a version two Bible where I have straightened up some stuff I messed up. Nope, this is it. It's how it is. You don't agree with it? That's fine. But that's how it is, and that's how he's going to work. So uh, when you go to marriage, if you're not willing to commit to her, you just want one of them shack up things. I said it on TV. You just want to have one of them shack up things that we're going to try it out. I've read all about this, uh, marriages. I've read about the, the attrition rate and the success rate and, and what they get out of it and everything like that and, and the dynamics of it. And you could say marriage is not that good. I tried it and it didn't work out for me. Well, I tried some churches and they didn't work out for me. And I tried some candy bars and I didn't like them. I, you know, it, it, that's the way the world is. If you're not willing to commit your words to a contract, your signature means nothing. You'll only do what you say you'll do. So people have said in this church, I mean, not y'all, but informally, they've said they would do things, but then they wouldn't. And the, 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 it caused great sorrow in their life because they could not keep their words. What you do is, one time I made a $1,000 vow to John Evanzini in a church service that I was out of my town, and, and there was a lot of emotion in there, and I, but then we couldn't do it. I couldn't keep everything I was doing and, and going, so I wrote him a letter, 
And I said, I, I pledged your ministry $1,000, but I, I cannot keep it. Please release me from my vow. And he wrote me a letter back, said, I release you. You're good. But once you give your word, it's better to keep your word. If you can't keep your word, then just own it and say, I, I vowed rashly. That's what the word would be. And so there are no, listen, listen, there's no, there's no new birth until you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. I'm just thinking he's the one. Nope. You've got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Not just confess, uh, I'm going to ask you to come into my heart. That's not it. That's coming into your heart is not it. Everybody's got a heart and they'd like anybody that's good to live in their heart, but that's not it. We got boyfriends and girlfriends in our history that were in our heart, but we got them out of our heart. You go away. So you got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And it doesn't hurt to do it occasionally. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can leak out. I told you a couple of weeks ago that there's a degradation of our faith that's in constant. Every, time, every day you get up and open them baby blues up, there's a degradation in the curse of the world, the sin that's in the world, the mean people that's in the world, the Hamas of, of, of iniquity that's in the world that grates against your faith. You watch the news report. It grates against your faith, not perceptibly, not something you can measure, but it's there. And so you've got to go build up your faith. And, but you've got to be re refilled, filled and be being filled, Ephesians 5.18 says. Be being filled. So we've got to come to church. We've got to stir ourselves up. We've got to get in the closet when everybody's gone and dance before the Lord and say, hallelujah. I'm his and he's mine. You go, who does that? The spirit-filled, faith-filled people. You want, you want victory in your life? It's not just coming to church and whining and crying and saying, well, pray for me and my my little brother and, and all these people. He does that, but that's the mercy side of him. The possession side, the warranty side, the side that you have the title deed to is when you get up every day. Woo-hoo, I'm his and he's mine. And that's the end of that. I go around singing, let my Jesus change your life. But I'm talking about me. And I do, talk, I do go around the house interrupting everything. <laughs> But it's me. It's just me. It's, it's just because I'm full. Are you full? Family, are you full? It's, I know you're at the right place and you're hearing the right words and all that, but are you full? We need to top off. Because the word says, I've come that you might have life and have it till it's topped off. And we need topped off. You need to read that billionaire flow. You may read the first three chapters and said, this is junk mess. I don't agree. I don't like it. Read the whole book just because pastor asked you to. Do something for me and you'll be in divine order. Because I don't ask you to do hardly anything. Oh, I'm not doing very good at all. Matthew 12. Are we still there? No, we were in Matthew 13. Let's go to Matthew 12. I'm right there. Matthew 12, 33. Y'all okay? We're, we're not only not apologizing for having a direct word, we're proud of it. We're like, nailed it. Nailed it. 
got over in him and felt like we were saying and hearing what he was saying and we're listening to. Verse 33 says, another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Wait, that's not right. No, it's uh, verse 33. Uh, 12, 12, 12, I'm sorry. Okay. Here it is, verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Would y'all say that was right? Oh, generation of vipers. Now, that, it comes out pretty good in red ink, but when, when you're saying, oh, generation of vipers, it's not, it's not nice. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's confrontational. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? In other words, what's impossible? What is the kingdom of heaven? It's impossible to be evil and speak good things. So if you know someone is evil, you know whatever they say is not good things. And he says, uh, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Let's say that in first person. For the out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaketh. Say it again. For out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaketh. So whatever you're putting in there, you can't keep it from coming out. You can't keep it. It's not like, well, I can hold it. You can hold things from your head, but everything that's down in here is coming out. It's, it's, a, it's a slip and slide. It's, it's just... So be careful what you put in. Well, what are, what are they putting in? Just listen, and you'll know what they put in. Oh, they're, they're going to hide out on me. I'm going to hide out on them. No, you're not. If you're putting it in, it's coming. Isn't that what he said? He's, that's what he said. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word, the word there is barren. It means unemployed. It means worthless. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Well, let me just say what the word, the, the day of judgment is. This is the day of judgment. Every day is the day of judgment. It's not like someday and he's going to fire out and we're going to see if we survive. No, every day. You, you don't want to be sick. You don't want to be broke then quit saying idle words that I'm sick and I'm broke. Because the day of judgment of when you're, you're coughing it up and, and dragging it around or whatever we do, don't, can't pay your bills, that's the day of judgment. I wonder why this happened. Well, because you had idle words and you didn't, you didn't make your heart good. The, uh, the passion says this. Y'all just bear with me. You must determine if a tree is good or rotten. You can recognize good trees by their delicious fruit. But if you find rotten fruit, you can be certain that the tree is rotten. The fruit defines the tree. The fruit defines the tree. The fruit defines the tree. Well, they're really good folks if you get to know them. The fruit defines the tree. But you Pharisees are rotten to the core. You've been poisoned by the nature of a venomous snake. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? Here it is. Here's the verse. For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your mouth. 
And then verse 36 says, you can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be accountable for every careless word he has spoken. So we got to clean up this. It's a potty mouth. If you say I'm poor, if you say we can't afford that, it may be true that you can't afford it. You know, your, your little kid back in the day, they'd go through the checkout line with you at Publix or wherever. And I want this and I want that. Everything that's on the, on the little, sh that's why it's there at their height. And you can't say, we can't afford it. You can't say that. You can't say that, even though you just say it's not wisdom at this time. Or shut up. You know the road rule. You know the road rules. So you got to be mean. Mean with yourself. It says, I don't have the luxury to think anything I want to think and say anything I want to say. That's just who I am. That's what I want to be. The Bible says it's got consequences. So if, we'll, if we want a good life, and I do, I want a good life. I don't want to be in the hospital. I don't want to be not paying my bills. I don't want to be having everybody mad at me. That bothers me least of the three. But I, 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 then I have, to do, I have to do something that's consequential in my life. I got to straighten me up. Straighten up, Michael. Put in the stuff that'll bring life. Because if you put it in enough, one day, how, how will you know when you put in enough? One day it'll come out. Out of the abundance. Out of the overflow. It'll come out. And those words that are in abundance, that aren't backed up with some trivial, non-believing terrible thing, those words in a flow will pave you a road of the abundant life. You go, that's hard. Well, we got our mouth open all the time. It's not like, well, I have to open my mouth. It's there already. It's, you're yakking your lips off. It's already blowing out. Might as well put something good in. Why do you want to read that trash anyway? Why do you want to go online and look at all the people that people criticize, Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hagin or whatever? Why do you want to look at that? Why do you want to go on MDTV or MD Medicine or whatever that thing's called? Why do you want to look up symptoms? Why do you want to look up, well, I, I may have this. Look, it says if you're doing this and having that. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to put that in? Because whatever you put in, it will come out. I think I've got it. I think I've got the crud. I got the Hong Kong crud. <laughs> or whatever. Because you saw the Hong Kong crud on the, on, what is that? Well, y'all don't know, so never mind. So we're talking about identification. You got to read. You got to meditate. You got to listen to yourself say who you are in him. Because then and only then will you discover, because it's hidden in there, it's, it's in the box. It's the, you, you buy the field, but in the treasure is the box is what I can do and what I can have. You, you, we always did in the prosperity message, talked about what you can have before we talked about who you were. And it failed because people couldn't sustain it. They'd believe God for this, that, and the other, but they didn't know who they were, and they'd be disqualified. They'd be condemned, and so they would, they would fall short, and then they condemned the message. Well, the whole prosperity message is crazy. Well, yeah, we, we saw these people blowed out on the road, so we said it doesn't work for a lot of people, but we did it wrong. It was in the Bible. Blame the preacher, and, and it's okay, 
but it was in the Word. Everybody had the original material. And so if you want it, you got to go after it. Well, the truth is we're already going after something. If you're not going after the kingdom of heaven, you're going after the kingdom of this world. That your web, web MD, I think that's it. I've seen it. It's dangerous. I mean, that stuff, you open that page, you open that stuff up, it's dangerous. It'll jump out on you. Now, I, I'm not, maybe that's overly broad. Maybe there is good information on there. But I'm talking about people that only use that and crux, crutch it. Maybe, maybe I'm saying that overly broad, that you can't look up anything about anything. Because none of us in here are completely non-medical. I mean, I got two horse shots yesterday. I told that girl, I said, you seemed so nice when I first met you. <laughs> but you are something else. Okay, I'm going to read out of my little book one time. The convenient man, remember this, the convenient man surrounds him with those that will never provoke his life. The convenient man. The convenient man. The enduring man welcomes these challengers to eviscerate his own mere man. I welcome truth into my life. I want to know what's killing me. I want to know what's taking me off course that I can't see because what, when you go to evaluate your own thinking, you have to use your own thinking to evaluate your thinking. Unless you have somebody from the outside. And that's what we're doing this morning. I'm someone from the outside that's provoking you to love and good works. I'm saying things that I don't have any idea about where you are in. But the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost is here saying, you need to think different. Because he's nailing you. Well, it's not Michael Billings nailing you. I never do that. I don't do that. I did that in Seminole occasionally. I nailed some people. Doggone though, I'd prepare the message to nail them and they wouldn't even be there. That was how that worked out. But I don't do that anymore. It's, it's, just, it's just the word. The convenient man surrounds himself with those that never provoke his life. Lots of Christians are that way. They can't handle this. So they're willing to live because they don't know they're willing to live a, a, uh, a uh, what, what would you call it? A life that has no hope. They're just pillar to post. They're just banged around in the world. Whatever comes up, COVID comes up, well, they're all, they're out for six months. Y'all know we did, we, we never missed anybody. We didn't care if you came in with a mask or whatever. No, we didn't care. We didn't care. Just come if you want to. And the city never bothered us, and we just kept on going. And, and if you got it, we didn't say nobody got it. I don't even know who got it, if anybody did. But it doesn't matter, because we've all succumbed. And we're all saying, I'm going to do better. I've been through that terrible thing, and I'm, I'm going to do better. So, uh, let's see if I got, I, I really don't have time. I, I'm just now getting to where I got to last week. I got to the Colossians chapter 2. I just now got there, and that's where I got last week. My intros are a little long. 
But I got something to say. And you've got a heart that wants to hear. We want to be challenged. We, we don't want to be the convenient man. Tickle my ears. The word talks about tickling your ears. Just saying things that are convenient. You're a brave people. You're a brave people. Strong and of good courage. I'm, I'm so proud of River Church. I'm just so proud of you. I, I wouldn't trade you for anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. And it's everything to me. This is more precious to me than it is to you. So what you do and don't do doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to stay my course. I'm going to do my job. And it's going to turn out amazing. It, this stuff works. So I will say this. Let me just say this. There's risk in believing. There's really not because the word is true. The word has never failed. The word will never fail. It will always be what it says it will be. But the risk is when you transfer from the world system, believing what is known in your senses, living by the senses, living by the world, and you transfer to living by faith. You live, you, you live, there's risk in faith. And the more that you believe, I'll say this and I'll quit. The more that you believe, who you are in him, you discover who I am in him. What happened at the new birth? It was just a moment transaction. I receive you, Lord Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for receiving me. I'm now born again. I'm a child of God. And then it's over. You wait for the 4th of July. You wait for the, nothing happens. Nothing, you just walk away from it. And so, uh, but the more you know about who you are in Christ Jesus, the more exploits you will do. When we talk about people that get out there, it's always people that have found out and discovered who I am. In other words, the risk they took makes them take any risk. Like, what can man do to me, the word says. I don't care. If they can, I, but I don't care because I know who I am in him. I, 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 I take it back. I'm going to read one scripture. Can you turn with me to Psalm 91? I want to read Psalm 91 this morning. You talk about a who you are in Christ Jesus scripture. This, one's, this one is embedded in the Old Testament. This one is in, this is, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we have. This is, this is it. I was closing up shop last night, and suddenly Psalm 91 came up. Now listen to me. I'm going to read it to you, but you read along with me. He that dwelleth, that's me, isn't it you? Yes. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If I will dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I am considered to be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He alone is my fortress. He is my God. And in him will I trust. Will I take risk? Will I abide? Surely, surely, absolutely, every single time he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers 
And under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. His truth, his truth, his truth. I, I will not be afraid because I've proven his truth. I've proven his truth. I walked on the water of some situation and I came back. I sowed my seed and I had enough. I laid hands on myself and I felt better. His truth. His truth. I shall not be afraid. Verse five for the terror by night. I shall not be afraid. Say it with me. I shall not be afraid. Say it again. I shall not be afraid. Just set yourself this morning, the 21st of January, 2024. I will not be afraid. I may say, wow, that's a big one. And we hadn't seen one just like that before. And doggone, it's going to take something else than, than what we've been using to get that. But I shall not be afraid. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. I shall not be afraid for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. I shall not be afraid that a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. It shall not come nigh me. Say it with me. It shall not come nigh me. All around, all around. It's all around, everywhere and all over. But it shall not come nigh me. I'm different. I've taken measures to make me different. I've believed the word, put the word in, meditated the word, and the word is coming out. It shall not come nigh me. That's who I am. Therefore, that's what I have. And that's what I do. Only with mine eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. That's where I live. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague, any plague, any plague of any kind, any way, any day. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. It cannot, it will not. The, 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 the blood of the Passover lamb is over my post. Jesus. His blood is over my post. It shall not come nigh my dwelling. He didn't come in there and sneak around and just take one or two. He walked, the, the, the spirit of death walked by that house. And it walks by ours. For he gives his angels charge over me. Ha, 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 ha. What do they do to keep me in all my ways? They keep me in all my ways. Come on. They keep me in all my ways. Now, I want you to know the angels are on board. They're in. They're going. They're doing. They got a job. What else are they going to do? Checkmate. It's your turn, Gabriel. Nope, they're not doing that. They're keeping you in all your ways. Y'all, we got more power than, than we can fire up. They bear me up in their hands, lest I even dash my foot against a the stone. They tr I shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the bad snake. The young lion and the dragon shall thou I trample under my feet. Because I've, then the Lord says, because he has set his love upon me, Michael Ray, Deborah Ann, Lynn Holmes, Annette, uh, cash because because they've set their love on me. I will deliver them. He will deliver me. I set my love on him. I said, Jesus, be the master of my life. That's setting your love upon him. He said, I will deliver him. Well, most of the time, some of the time when it's handy, when he's not busy over with them bad people. He delivers me. 
We'll take no fearful thought this year. We'll take no fearful thought. What am I going to do? I don't know what we're going to do, but we will know what to do in time to know what to do. Uh, I will set him on high, he said, because he hath known my name, the name of Jesus. Do we know the name of Jesus? We know that name. He, he shall call upon me, the Lord said, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I love this verse. I take it everywhere. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Lord has not got any, what do they say? It's your time. Must not have been his time or he would have gone. The Lord has no time. It's up to you. Are you satisfied? Then get out of here. You're clogging up stuff. Leave all your money to us. <laughs> but if you're not through, giddy up. Get to work. Do what the Lord has put you on the earth to do. Shula baha siya tu kehede siya galoho. Jadere bo siyanda brahara bu kiak lahatiya sute. Now, if you've got the other half of that, would you please be bold, be strong and of a good courage and stand up and do the best you can. I have set you in this place, saith the Lord, for such a time as this. There is no Esther there and Esther here, but it's you. I have placed the mandate upon you and you are assigned by me and I will guide you and I will strengthen you and I will set you in a place that only you can succeed. And as I have empowered you into this day, I have set things in order for you to be empowered in that day. You will never, you will never have lack. You will never have shortage and need. I will supply you, saith the Lord. And I will heal you in your bodies from everything that has come against you in the past to that which, that which uh, plagues you now. I will, I will take it from you, saith the Lord, and a sickness shall not arise the second time. This is the day, saith the Lord, where I will do my greatest hour. As I delivered the children from Egypt, it was a great day. They were all set free in a moment. And I empowered them, and I prospered them, and I healed them, that they might go forth and be my people. So again, saith the Lord, I have brought you out from slavery. I brought you out from the world and I've been empowering you and you will do that which I have called you to do. You are, you are saying yes to me in the little things. You will say yes to me in those bigger things. They're not bigger things except to you. Soon the bigger things will be nothing things and you will, you will, be, you will be qualified in your own heart to go into the secret places, the mysterious places, the places nobody has gone. I'm winding this thing up, saith the Lord, in a way that few men understand and can, and can articulate. But I will show it to you. You will know my ways, saith the Lord. You will know my ways. So be strong and of a good courage. Do not draw back. Do not hesitate. 
Do not complain or murmur, but fix your faith upon me and my word, which has never failed in your life or any man's life. And I will show you the way that you should go. And it will be a wonderful day for you. You will have lived all your life to get to this part of your life. And you will say, surely it was a measure that was worth paying in the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like, I like them, those Egyptians giving them all their silver and gold. There's a great wealth transfer that's happening right now. Uh, Melissa shared about it. The, these are natural men. We don't know if they're born again or not. They're not known for being Christians, so we don't know. Maybe they are. We'll know them by their fruit. And just because they gave a big amount away, I will note this, doesn't mean they gave more than their tithe. I tell you, some of y'all are going to prosper and you're going to say, look at this, baby. Look what we gave. Our tithe was this many thousands of dollars. And you would realize in the Lord, but we hadn't given anything. Oh, my. Why did he have to end like that? Oh, my. Well, let's sing. Singing is good.